Welcome to the Outspoken Siblings Podcast with Monte and Tony. How are you today, Siv? I am doing marvelous. Marvelous, darling. Yes. What is that from the 101 Dalmatians? I thought it was from Boomerang. Oh, it was. <laughs> I could be lying. Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Wasn't she in Dalmatians? Okay. That was Glenn Close. That was Glenn Close. But I'm, I'm thinking, wait, is there was there an, an original that I didn't know of? Wasn't the cartoon Dalmatians? Yeah. Okay. Well, That's I don't think that was Eartha Kitt in the cartoon. No, she was in um, The Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Yeah. She died, right? Not Glenn Close. Eartha, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ma, I guess. Yeah. Ma, yeah. I can't even roll my She tongue. was Catwoman at one time. I know. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. She was the OG Catwoman. She was. Yeah. There's only two Catwomen I acknowledge. Her and Michelle Pfeiffer. I will say, Michelle Pfeiffer was a bomb-ass Catwoman. She was good. That was, like, I think that was, like, the best um, Batman. Me too. One of the best Batman. That was on the Penguin? Yeah. Wait, was Tommy Lee Jones, was he in... Was he the See, Joker now you're in doing that too same much. one? You're doing too much. He was the Joker. There's only two. He was. Yes, he was the Joker in that one. Yeah. So there's only two Jokers I acknowledge is his and um, Heath Ledger's. He was really good in his Joker. I did. You never saw Dark Knight? No. That was really good. I heard, I heard it was good, but I. After what it did to him, I decided not to go there. It's worth checking out, though. That's one of my favorites. Is that Val Kilmer? Yes. Or Michael Keaton? Well, Michael Keaton was Batman, and then Val Kilmer took over. But just for shits and giggles, and for truth, because I do believe in speaking truth, those two Batman were my some of my favorites. But I'm also a fan of Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin was good with George Clooney. Yeah, yeah, that was now, fun. It did horrible at the box office. Yeah, but it was fun. It's been critically panned, but Uma Thurman. As Poison Ivy. Yeah, that that was trash. Arnold Schwarzenegger as, as Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I'm going to say as Ivan News. <laughs> Wrong superhero. Yeah, it was just... Uh, but no, that was a cute little... It was a campy version. Yeah. But it was good. But that was a cute little um, mashup between him and Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. And um, uh, Alicia Silverstone. Exactly, as Batgirl. As Batgirl. Yeah. Even though she's only in the small part. Like, as Batgirl. It was, it was so just enough... It was good. That was her heyday, too. Yeah. The yeah. 90s uh, superhero movie. Yeah. Well, compared to now, it's like, it's no comparison, technology-wise. But they were what you expect for the time. Which is what we were trying to explain to my son when he was watching old wrestling footage. Like, the graphics look this way because it was 1998. But no, he appreciates the old. He, uh, I know, he appreciates the old wrestling because yeah. it was just good then. But in general... Even when I watch TV from stuff that I've seen a million times from back then, I'm like, how did I watch this? But, you know, that's <laughs> how I am when I see, like, old news clips. Because mm-hmm. I remember, it, what was I watching? Something, and they show, like, a clip from 9-11. And to see, like, the news for, footage of it, it looks so dated. Yeah. And it's like, but wait, I was there. Yeah, and it didn't look this bad then. Like, this is how I look at stuff from, like, the 60s, and I'm like, ooh. But now it's like, oh, that was just 2001. Is it, it bougie looks... of me that I can't enjoy black and white movies? Because that's how I am. black and white TV just didn't resonate with my spirit. The only thing I'll tolerate in black and white is Pleasantville. Because eventually it's going to be in color. <laughs> now, granted, that's when shit hits the... Shout out I to agree. Pleasantville. I know. There were no black people in Pleasantville. 
Have you, did you realize that? I did realize that. I was like, well, what the 50s? I was about to say, it was the 1950s, like, perfect town. Come on now. But to say that, like, black people weren't around 1950. But that... Not in a pleasant-ass town. Not not somewhere like that. They wouldn't have... Bye, Monte. You know why it wasn't no black people. I'm just saying, I just, it took me... Whatever. It took me a minute to realize, like, it was no black people in Pleasantville. Just like no black people went to Greece. Was in Greece. May I also just say... What was Greece? Ryder High. Yes. Rydell. Oh, okay. May I just say, we got all the way here because I said... I was having a marvelous day. Really? <laughs> and that's why, on that note, we welcome you back to the Outspoken Siblings Podcast with Monte and Tony. And we'll be right back. Looking for more motivation for your Monday? Want to start your week off with a bang? Check out our website, OutspokenSiblings.com, where you can find our self-care series, Living with Intent. You're listening to The Sibs, Monte and Tony. Welcome back. And we want to start off by saying, or giving, a shout-out to actress Lashana... Lynch. She was in Marvel's Captain Marvel, which came out, I think, in March or April. News broke recently, actually within the last, I don't know, look at my watch, 24 hours, <laughs> that she will be playing 007 in the upcoming James Bond movie. So we have our black Bond. It's like not, killing two birds in one stone. Right. Song. It's like not, even, not only do we have a black Bond, but we have a black woman bond so i'm honestly actually a little curious because i know um the old bond is going to be around right he's going to be like she's going to be basically she's going to be trained by the old bond maybe something like that from what we read it's going to be a situation to where she is not going to be james Bond. Well, that's where I'm curious. She's going to be Agent 007. So essentially, the agent he is, she will be the new 007. So she will have her own name, but it will be still Agent 007. So I think after Bond 25, I don't know. This is me assuming and just going by what a source told E! Online. That she's in the new movie and she will be introduced as the new Bond excuse me, new 007, so then I guess movies going forward, if they keep going, which I assume they will, she will be the, like the main person, the main spot. I never really got into 007. Me either. Um, I remember the game 007 on Nintendo 64 back in the 90s. I played that before, and that was cool. And I remember Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Pierce and Bronson. Bronson? Pierce Bronson. I thought it was Brosnan. I remember Pierce as 007. And I remember Holly Berry was a Bond girl. She was a Bond girl. She was the first black Bond girl, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's exciting news. No, it definitely is. You know, because like you said, killing two birds with one stone. I was actually curious about how they would do the new Bond girls, because now Bond will be a girl. They're referred to now as Bond women. Bond women. Yes. And usually the Bond girl now slash Bond woman, Bond women, are his love interests. So I'm curious if she will be like a triple first here. Like, will she be, will she have a Bond woman as her love interest? Or will they introduce now a Bond 
I don't know, but I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm curious to see. Or will he be secretly in love with her and he just couldn't take it, so he had to go and she stepped up to the plate? Well, again, from that same report, it did say that he is going to be attracted to her sexually, but she is going to pay it. Like, I'm good. I'm all about the job. I don't want your old white balls. Listen, hello. And I guess, I don't know. But congratulations to her. I have been preaching about Captain Marvel to anyone that will hear it. Tony does not care for it. Does Little does she know she doesn't have a choice. She will be watching it. Mm-hmm. I am all about female superheroes. Um, Listen, don't try to do me that way. I'm not. I'm just it's saying. It's not that I don't have a liking for superheroes or female superheroes. I'm excited. But I just don't care. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. But that's beside the point because she's going to watch the movie and she's going to love it i will say he had me watch wonder woman and i had no fucking interest but we watched it and it was good i loved it that was to me the best dc movie i absolutely loved that movie um i really enjoyed wonder woman and i enjoyed captain marvel i mean samuel jackson is in it so it already wins points um and i think her name is brie larson she's actually captain marvel um so yeah so shout out to Lashana Lynch, who is our new agent 007. Congratulations. Amen. And um, thank you, Bond Franchise, for continuing to keep your foot on Bigot's necks. Good job. Necks, not necks. Neck. The, the necks of Bigot's. The neck. Right. <laughs> Oh, God. The English language is stupid. I need to take a diction class. But, but think about that. How would you have... There's no way to say that and not get the two mixed. Or like, is it? Or maybe it's me. It's you. Because the next... Listen. Listen to it. The next of bigots. Or the next bigot. It's Either the content way. and the context. Anyway, we're Either talking way. about the next. N-E-C-K-S. Yes. We're going to keep their foot on the neck of any bigot who wants it. There you go. So put that on your neck and sit on it. Get your I neck out of here. I had something for that, but I'm not yeah. even going there. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. Get your red neck <laughs> out of on here. out of here. Mm-hmm. Now, next. That, there you go. We want to speak on other casting news. Yes. That also have bigots rubbing the back of their neck. Seething, just yes. flames coming out of their ears. And that's because our girl, Holly Bailey, of the Grammy nominated two times, sibling duo known as Chloe and Holly. Who we saw live and they killed it. Yes. Uh, who have an excellent debut album, The Kids Are Alright, which was actually the title of one of our episodes way back when. And of course, they're Parkwood employees, so duh. She's going to be playing Ariel in the upcoming live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. And I have to stop you there. Ariel is my all-time favorite Disney princess. Like, my absolute favorite Disney princess. So, the fact that my favorite princess is now going to be look like me... I'm flabbergasted. I got nothing. I'm so excited. That just does me. That does my heart so well. The music in this is going to be just like incredible. Holly's voice 
is like an angel. It's so like her, it's so angelic. Her soprano is just mm, good. Mm-hmm. So if they let her do what she needs to do vocally, which I'm sure they will, yeah. then I'm just excited about it. And I I am excited for her to have the opportunity and I'm I'm excited for Disney to be like, you know what? Yes. Because why not? I'm excited because Disney said, okay, all right, you got us. My bad. We fucked up with Princess Sienna. We know. We we tried, but we didn't do her justice. So, they did not. Well, when I saw the Princess and the Frog, yes. the story to me was the issue. The whole thing was an issue. The, sto- the plot, the whole thing, it was just, what? I was... Because was that supposed to be about the prince was a frog the prince was a frog he became a frog because of voodoo yes okay oh so it's like you kiss a frog yes. a prince okay yes. yes but maybe the execution was the issue all of it all of it and they tried to like incorporate a little bit of new orleans culture and that kind of stuff like with the voodoo and the accent it was just trash it was trash they should have actually let a native new orleanders do it because whatever they did it was bad it was bad you could at least had them on the consultant board like y'all didn't you know no but that's neither here nor there because i am there's way too many eyes on this there's way too many people in higher places for them to not do the little mermaid well and i just feel like again i think this is going to be great i think this is going to be nice in the in the season of live action and remaking and all of that i see this going nowhere but up i just don't see it being like one of those things where you're like oh i don't care you know there was hype when we first heard about it and we don't care i don't see it being that way yeah no i'm excited the only issue i have is melissa mccarthy being ursula why why would she be ursula why not like, if I had a list of people to be Ursula, she's not on it. She was never even a thought. The only person... Why do you think they chose her, then? Because she's white, and because she has name identity, and because she's fluffy. Well, that was my thought Or at process. least was. Apparently, she lost weight, but because Well, she, I was thinking those two things. Name identity, and because of what she looks like in real life. Like, I don't... Let me preface by saying, I don't have an issue with Melissa McCarthy. I think she's fucking hysterical. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, she's sookie. Right. Suki. Whatever. She's our favorite sous chef or whatever the hell she did in Gilmore Girls. She was an actual chef. Okay, whatever. A sous chef is an actual chef. Excuse me. Yes, but a sous chef is the the uh, uh, chef's assistant. She didn't even have an assistant. She was the bad bitch by herself. She worked for Michelle. Anyway, I don't mind Melissa McCarthy, the actress. I like a lot of her movies, even though she plays the same role over and over again. It is, it, but I guess if it's, if it's broke, don't fix it. But see, that's that's what my issue is. Is because I liked her already, yeah. and now you're shoving her down my throat, and that's what I that's that's what they've done to Kevin Hart, and like I don't like that shit. Don't shove shit down my throat. Let me like it if I like it. If I don't, I don't. And I don't feel like. Well, I'm going to keep my comments about Kevin Hart to myself. Listen. My whole my that's my only issue with the casting with that with that casting choice because I feel like like you just said they're just gonna keep pushing her and it's not that she's not talented and it's not that she's not worthy because she is funny but it's not necessary because I feel like there's definitely other people who could have 
gotten a job, but... We're beating around the bush. Melissa McCarthy's not supposed to be Ursula. It was always supposed to be Queen Latifah. We said this multiple times. We had a big debate about it here on the show. I have been saying it, I don't know, at least for the last 10 years, ever since I saw this Disney promo, maybe way back in like 2006, 2005, and it was these celebrities reenacting like Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was her as Ursula. Yeah. You can probably Google it. And she it was just like, yes. But it fits the bill. Queen Latifah like, has it. She has the voice. Can you imagine Queen Latifah doing poor unfortunate souls? Well, her voice in Like when I hear Ursula, I hear Queen Latifah. You know what I mean? Like I can hear that. I can hear it. I can see it. I can hear it. She's funny. She can sing. She has name identity. I don't know. So I don't know if she auditioned or what, but yeah, I would have preferred that Dana Owens had gotten the call and would have been a part of it. I know a lot of people have been throwing names out there, people who could have played it. Apparently Lizzo, the singer or rapper who's having a moment right now, she wanted to do it. And I'm like, Lizzo, I like your music, but no, this is not your bag. Who else threw your name in the pot that could have done it? I don't know if she can sing. But considering her work on Precious, I would have liked to see Monique audition for I knew you for Little Mermaid. It. I agree because I could see it, mm-hmm. I could hear it. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good get, but unfortunately, she's not really in demand right now, which is unfortunate. But right. it is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But and truth be told, just because Ursula is a big girl, she'd have to be played by a, a big girl at all. But regardless, because Queen Latifah is not what you would call. A big girl. She's not Ursula. I'm a Ariel size. She's she's not Lizzo's size. I agree. So her voice though <laughs> has that hardiness. You know, it has that demanding. Yeah. You know, it, it create it commands attention. So I think that. For me, that's why she would have been, and I, and again, because I do, I think even her voice, because um, she's done voiceover, she's um, was in Ice Age, mm-hmm. um, so her voice, even we've heard it, you know, you can see it, you can hear it, and when you hear her voice, you know who it is. So maybe that had something to do with it. They didn't want that. I don't know. Who knows, Melissa McCarthy? She might knock it out the park. She I don't may. know. If, I don't she know may. if she can sing. Um, but maybe that's not a requirement because just because you're in a film does not mean you have to sing. But I just want to make sure that Poor Unfortunate Souls is giving is given the proper just do. Like, this is Ursula we're talking about. You do not ruin or destroy this character. We will not have it. If Melissa McCarthy ruins Ursula, she's dead to me. That might mean nothing to her. But I will, I will the way people are out here boycott Nike... I will stage a Melissa McCarthy boycott and will burn all her films. I will, you know what? I'll say Melissa McCarthy. I will write a letter. There you go. I'm going to write a letter. Dear Disney (laughs) and Bob Iger, I am an avid Ursula stan. You are. Make America Ursula again. Amen. Make America purple again. No, but. Octopussy again. I'm excited for Little Mermaid. It's about time. She's getting her thing. Do we have a, an arrival date for no. that? No. No ETA? No. Just do what needs to be done. Just let Holly do her thing. 
Melissa, we do wish you well, even though you're not, you weren't on my casting right, choice right, list. Right, right, um, But now, what needs to happen is that they better have a real-life Jamaican being Sebastian. This is a chance to do it right. Because do if right. they get Brad Pitt to be Sebastian, or if they get Zac Efron to it's be over. Sebastian... It's over. If they get Scarlett Johansson to be Sebastian... Sidebar, because let me tell you about Scarlett ScarJo's ass, because I've had it up to here with her shit. So she just did an interview recently. You know how she always wants to play these people her ass shouldn't be playing. You know, she wanted to be, you know, I don't know, Mulan. She was going to play a transgender man in some movie. I did hear, yeah, I heard about that. And it's like, why do you just actually go get a transgender man? But that's what I never understand. Why do they do that? Like, I don't know. She did an interview recently where she was saying that she feels that she should be able to play whomever she wants regardless of race regardless of what she's an artist and she should be able to express whatever she wants to express i'm paraphrasing but that's not the point so of course when that got out what happened as they do every anytime scarlett johansson is a casting news about scarlett johansson what happens online she gets her ass dragged and rightfully so then she came out and said well that's not what i meant I she tried to clarify. Scarlett, we understand that you want to play. You have a right to play who you want, but in reason. Yeah, within reason. That's it. You don't get to play Beyonce in 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 the movie about Beyonce. Sorry. The only person that we are allowing to play someone that is not of the same ethnicity or gender in a film. Is Meryl Streep when she plays in the Barack Obama biopic? That's the only person allowed to do that. Is Meryl Streep? If Meryl Streep wants to wear blackface in the Barack Obama biopic, then she is getting a one. T- she's the only person. I'm lying because Meryl Streep has gotten blackface for that film. Now, bitch, we gonna let you be in the movie. But you take that brown makeup off. I was gonna say because you know they would beat that face to death. They would. Don't be like Zoe Zaldana. What did she do? She was Nina Simone and Nina Simone. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. But see, after yeah, we got no. on her ass about yeah, that, no. she says, you know what? You no. have your black face because I'm going to be in Guardian of the Galaxy and I'm going to be entirely green. Exactly. So the joke's Now what, bitch? The clown came back to bite. <laughs> but see, and, and again, that's another one of those things. So you mean to tell me there was no other brown woman who could have played this part better? What? No other. I'm just saying, like in oh. in roles like that, like so. There's no other Jamaican guy who is worthy of casting for Sebastian. Come on now. Was the person who played who voiced Sebastian in the original? Was he Jamaican? I don't know. Okay. He didn't sound. Was he Jamaican or was he just Caribbean? He was Caribbean. I'm saying Jamaican because that's what you said. But oh. I agree, Caribbean. That was the whole point that he yeah. was. You know, he's up from the. He's from. The Caribbean part of the ocean. Oh. And the rest of them, if you notice, he's the only one with an accent. He is. You know what I mean? So he just so happened to stumble upon that area or something, you know? So I don't see any reason. You're looking for this one guy to play this role. You mean to tell me you can't fucking open up a casting call? Like, there's not going to be... Maybe they will. We don't know. My point is, they should. Yeah, and that, that problem, I don't think, should ever happen. Like, that should never be a problem. Because you, if you open it up to kids ages 10 through 16 um, who wear glasses, blah, 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 yes, of course, you can throw glasses on anybody. 
But these fucking kids already wear glasses. They're not gonna they're not gonna fall off their faces in the middle of a uh, set and they not notice because they don't wear glasses. These kids gonna fucking notice because they can't see shit. So it don't make sense for you to cast people who who aren't really that's not who they actually what they actually look like, who they actually are. Like it just that should just never be a problem. Like you said with the Zoe Zaldana thing. That shouldn't even be a fucking problem. So Disney, you need to run us some coins for doing promoting this yes, shit. Promoting. As if you all aren't doing enough of it. But when we come back, we have more to chat about. More promoting to do. Yes. <laughs> more promoting of things we are getting paid. Right. But that's okay. It's fine. The Outspoken Siblings Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find The Outspoken Siblings. So make sure while you're there to rate, subscribe, and tell us where you're listening from. Use the hashtag Outspoken Sibling. Welcome back to The Outspoken Siblings Podcast with Monte and Tony. And before we continue with the show, just want to remind you to follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Outspoken Sibs. You can always email us at OutspokenSibs at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And make sure that you rate and leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or excuse me, Google Podcasts. We need those reviews and those ratings. And plus, it gives us feedback on the show so we know what you like, what you don't like, what we should add, what we should take away. And as always, we appreciate you listening to the show. That said, We've been doing a lot of TV watching lately. A significant amount. A a lot. (laughs) And for good reason. Yes. So we have become obsessed with two shows in particular. We're going to talk about both of them. But we're going to start with a new show on HBO called Euphoria. It stars Zendaya, who I want her to get all of her things. No, seriously. She, She deserves it deserves all of the things like every award that she could be nominated for for Mm -hmm. her role in the show she needs to not only be nominated but she needs to win it's trophy season for zendaya yeah so euphoria it follows a group of high school students as they navigate through drug use sex identity sexual identity trauma Social media, love, lust. friendship, yes, lust. It really just follows a lot. Uh, of... Oh, oh, and a little bit of school. Uh, <laughs> Very little. Yeah, it's like it's almost like that's a, like school is like a backdrop, right? It's literally just like a place they go. It really follows them, like in their lives, and it is the most fascinating thing. It is that I have seen ever. <laughs> I think what fascinates me the most, and I know you didn't ask, but I have to jump in. I think what fascinates me the most is because I've never experienced anything like this. Uh, Even into my adulthood, I haven't experienced anything like this. And these are kids. So it really has me like, whoa, is this what the kids are doing? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like. People who grew up in the 50s and 60s probably saw the shit that the kids did in the 80s and were like, really? Y'all wearing jerry curls now? Then saw the kids in the 90s and the 2000s and were absolutely like, really? That's how I feel about these kids. They are going through experiencing, seeing so 
much. Mind-blowing. Giving a description of a show like we just did almost doesn't do it. You have to see it. You have to see it. To believe it. Yes. And, of course, it's a depiction. But I feel like this is as true to life as it'll get. Oh, yeah. um, To be in the minds of a lot of the teenagers, high schoolers today. And, again, it is fascinating. Is These kids are out here in these streets. They are. And I they feel, make me feel like I haven't lived. <laughs> my high school years weren't shit compared to, hell, my adult years have not been anything. I feel like I'm slacking. Like, I haven't partied that hard. Uh, maybe. I haven't. I know I haven't. Like, when I stay out late and I'm partying, when the clubs close, I go home. They up watching the sun I could have never stayed over at a friend's house, not told my mom, and then come in when the sun came up and not die. But they're not even at a club. They're at somebody's house with a pool. Right. In the burb somewhere. Drinking, smoking, snorting, sucking, Listen, fucking, Maybe that's licking. a suburbs thing, but um, I've never gone to a high school party where there was even alcohol available. I mean, pouncing, getting pounced on. Um, shucking, jiving. You name it. But it's good TV. It is. And one thing that stood out to me in the pilot episode was a quote that Zendaya's character says. And the quote is, I didn't build the system, nor did I fuck it up. End quote. And I feel like that really sets the table and gives you an idea of, as I told you earlier, the table has been prepared for the future generation to do the things they do and to act the way they act. And it's almost like a reckoning, I think, in a way, for, like, the sins of us. Right. And our parents and their parents. Because these kids are reckless. No, they are. They are. And it's a recklessness that is, again, fascinating and, like, Wow. And even there's I don't want to give too much away. Because I want we want you to watch it. Yeah, you have to watch it. It comes on HBO. It's been renewed for a second season. Yay. But the creepy dad, he says something on the show. Like, your generation is not concerned with labels, you just live type deal. And it's I watch it and I think these kids are really free in these streets. Think about this. Think about the mu- and I'm gonna say their music because I can't get jiggy with half this shit that's on right now. But think about the music. The music depicts the culture that is being lived by these kids. Everybody's high. It was a running joke between me and a couple friends, but it's like, you take a Molly and a Percocet together if you want to. Your ass will die. It's just, who thinks of this shit? Who, who, is this, is this what the music is like? all low life music it's all like you want to be as zoned out as possible so you can forget your stresses but then it's like well what's stress you ain't even but i can't say that you're not stressed because your stress isn't my stress and see that's the thing for me is that i'll agree with you the the some of the music some yeah it's very like but this sounds more like a cry for help than a bop exactly and I don't know. Maybe it's because, I don't know, I guess trauma knows trauma. <laughs> and it's, for me, it's kind of like, 
oh wow, um, again, this is a cry for help. And, well, shit, do you need a hug? Do you need to talk? Like, what's, what's, what's happening? What's wrong? Yeah, and a lot. You know, we, if, if Euphoria's depiction of teen society now, if this is like a true depiction of it, then a lot is going on. Like, they, these characters are, again, dealing, trying to navigate a system in a society that it's kind of like being trying to fit a square peg in a round hole if that analogy works or a round peg in a square hole you either see, way you see where i'm going with mm-hmm. it and it's like this should it should work like it should fit but then it's like oh it wasn't designed to work like you know like they're almost like rats you know little hamster wheel things like they're racing so it's like well, because it's not going the way it should or where I think it should, I got to find a way to remove myself from it, like my mind from it. Like, because Rue, the main character, Zendaya, Zendaya, should be on, what was that show that was on A&E years ago? Intervention? Yeah. She could be like an intervention subject. For sure. And you have to think, well, what has happened in this She need to be on Scare Straight. Nah, she only be on Scare Straight. I no, think she needs the intervention. She intervention is not gonna do. She came. This is giving too much, but this motherfucker came out of rehab with the mindset. She says, "I never intended to get clean." But when you see what they do, show a bit of how like her start on this path. But you figure it's got to be something at the root. There has to be that causes this type of behavior, like mm-hmm. this being this way. So, it's more than just the surface, but it's, we cannot suggest enough, if you have HBO, your HBO subscriber, watch, if you are not, find somebody who is. (laughs) I know that a lot of people were saying that after Game of Thrones was finished back in May, that they were canceling their subscription. I don't know why you would do that when HBO has a shit ton of great content. They do. Whatever. Well, you said that you watched um, Euphoria with our parents recently. Yeah, that was an experience. (laughs) Um, My mom told me that she had started it. Or no, she wanted to watch it. And that she was starting it. So she and I, we watched the pilot. And my dad came in the room like halfway through. Not even halfway, it was still fairly early in the episode. And he was intrigued and she was intrigued and we watched it and I felt like I was watching like porn <laughs> with my parents. Just I, It just felt weird it because felt they, weird, yeah. they had questions about stuff and their commentary <laughs> was very much like, I can't, it was just a unique right. experience but it's like they wanted to watch more of it and I'm like, I'm not about to sit here and watch these four episodes with y'all because you're going to go further than the rabbit hole and I'm still trying to process this shit. I'm trying to process my own shit. I ain't got time to be unlocking the key to your mind. So you got to right. get there on your Which own. Which is interesting because I feel like it's already hard for us to grasp this. So to explain it to the generation before us is like, oh no, you had to deal with this on your own. We'll be back with more of what you watching <laughs> for the Outspoken Siblings <laughs> podcast. With your permission. 
Up next, we have to call to your attention, if you haven't heard already, of the FX show called Pose. It follows the trans, gay, and gender non-conforming ballroom culture in New York City in the, I wouldn't say late 80s, early 90s. Um, really all through the 80s because they they go back a little bit for uh, a little bit into the 80s and continue up to the early 90s uh it was co-created by ryan murphy who's also the executive producer for glee and um, american horror story series which i didn't really get get into glee but huge american horror story coven fan nonetheless this last episode of the show was the least was least what I expected, but I fell in love from the very first episode. From the very first, this is this is now we're now on season two. Um, what episode are we in season two? Five. I think the newest episode will be season five. Will be I ep- mean episode episode five. five. So first season, I thought I knew what I was getting into when I watched the pilot episode, but I clearly had no idea. But I fell in love from the beginning. And here we are now, I want to say maybe midway through season two, and I'm just, the writing is incredible. The The actors are amazing. The stories have just been, some of it were things I didn't even think about, you know, things I, I wasn't thinking that people are going through. It was just, it was, it, it just shocked me, but um, yeah, it, it's been a lot. Pose is what happens when the people in the writing room are of and lived what is being depicted on screen. Mm -hmm. There's an authenticity to the stories being told, to the dialogue, to the casting choices. Mm -hmm. There's just something so authentic about it that it feels like these actors are portraying like they are bringing breathing life into these characters but because they can relate in some way to these characters the characters feel real right well i also feel like you said the people in the writing room these can easily be their stories just shining through these characters they're telling stories that are real. Like I told you, the episode with the body in the closet. Right. That's a real thing that happened. So it's it's entertaining, it's educational, right? and it's groundbreaking. I think, could be wrong, but I believe it has the largest cast of LGBT folk behind and in front of the camera of any show on TV. It's Janet Mock is also a co uh, executive producer as well as she's directed an episode, making her the first trans woman to ever direct a TV series, episode on a TV series. And the acting from a lot of these people who are new, quote unquote, right. actors, like it's good. Like, it's hard to, sort of like Euphoria, to describe the show without saying you have to watch right. it. Right. Because Be- you ha- it's one of those things you just have to see for yourself in order to get 
what makes it what it is. But I feel like the acting, again, going back to the writing, I feel like the acting is easier for these characters because this is their their world. This truly is their world. And they've already probably heard some of these stories. They've experienced some of these stories. So this is just them getting to tell their stories on a larger scale, you know, finally. And even down to some of the younger cast members, you see their growth in just a season and a half, you know, like, like it really, it doesn't seem like it's telling a story from episode to episode. But when, when you look back on it, you see that there's definitely a trend. There's definitely growth within the characters. There's, um, you know, there's, it, it's not, it's definitely not just a linear approach. They're not just like, oh, you, you, it's not one of those things. Like if you were watching something and you missed one episode, you would know what's happening. You want to see the whole story. Yeah. Um, what hits home the most for you about the last episode, the latest uh, episode? Well, before we jump into that, I just want to say that as, as a whole, of, again, we spoke about this off mic, I want to say off camera, um, off mic, that when you think about the contributions, particularly of black and brown, gay, lesbian, trans, non-gender conforming people who fit in this community and the contributions they've made to society, whether it's in social and uh, civil rights activism in style or um, providing, adding things to the English language, how it's rare you see that depicted so in your face like that and it's almost like they're, sh- they sh- they're shining a spotlight on this um, not a secret society right. but almost like on this community and saying wow this is a vibrant community of people who are interesting and intelligent and bold and de- like it's, it's so <sighs> but like you said they have always had so much to contribute to the culture but they have contributed to society they've contributed to the culture all across the board and it's like you never they'll never get their flowers right quote unquote but about this past episode in particular because so but but just to piggyback on what you just said it almost feels like they were invisible we're seeing things that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise see about their world unless you seek it out right unless you were invited in even because it seems very protective as well. Like, oh no, uh-uh, no, no. Um, I think it also adds what it will now add to the culture is because we were we were invisible. Now we have color, and <laughs> there's a lot of color there. Like it's very vibrant, very aware and awake and always it it just shows that in 30 years they haven't been seen and I'm sure before that but just going from where the show starts in 30 years nobody was seeing what was happening and how it was affecting this area of folk and finally finally there's some light being shed I am so 
invested in these characters, in this world. Like, I want to give everybody a hug. I just want to... It, it, there's just so much. There's so much. It's just... It's so, so good, though. It is. It's so good. This is clearly a 10. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sends across the board. Yeah, sends across the board. We'll be back with more sibs. <laughs> Welcome back to the Outspoken Siblings Podcast with Monte and Tony. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Sibs. We hope that you enjoyed what you watching. <laughs> Wendy, don't sue us. Um, <laughs> that needs to be a soundbite. It's coming. But it fits. It does. But no, we hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you will check out Euphoria and you'll check out Pose. And if you don't, that's fine because we'll still talk about them. And also, we want to, before we go, we want to mention and send our condolences to the family of Sadie Roberts Joseph, who was a woman in Louisiana who was unfortunately found murdered and in the trunk of a car. She was a black historian, and she also ran an African-American museum in Louisiana. And I never knew about her until this week. Same. And it's she was 75 years old, and it's tragic to think that you live 75 years and to be so influential as people reading articles about her. People have said nothing but great things and about how influential she was about being for black people, blackness, and being a black historian, you know, and opening a whole museum dedicated to the African-American experience there in Louisiana and to think you live in 75 years and for your life to be taken in such a manner is disheartening and um, upsetting. So we definitely want to extend our condolences to her family, and we hope that whoever is responsible... Uh, is held accountable. Yeah, is held accountable. So definitely keep her, her in, in her family and our thoughts. Absolutely. If all hearts and minds are clear. Peace out, Girl Scout. Have a great week.